What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, alongside another Jack, Jack Keenan, returning to the show all the way from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Jack, welcome back. It's it's Jack and Jack. I was about to say, Jack and Jack again, man. And on this uh, Thanksgiving week, very thankful for having me. And I, I can't wait to talk about what a crazy sports world we're in right now. So thanks a lot, Jack. Absolutely. Great to have you here, Jack. Today we are recapping. It's a short week. It's a Tuesday morning. We're recapping the past week's football action, and we're actually going to look ahead to what we have here in a couple of days. It's a short week, Thanksgiving, in just a couple of days here, and a lot of great football going on. So we're going to talk NFL, we're going to talk college football, and there's a lot in the world of college football. There's an absolute lot. We're less than two weeks from Selection Sunday. I'm very excited. I think we have a pretty good clean situation right now for the committee, especially after what happened over the weekend. We're going to get into all of that. Before we do that, I just want to say that if you guys enjoy today's episode of the show, if you're watching us right now on Twitter, make sure you go and you hit subscribe to the Jack Vita show, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe and follow along on social media at Jack Vita show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we're going to have more football content coming out later on going into early next week. And then of course, we're going to do a lot with a college football playoff in a couple weeks. So make sure you guys are all subscribed and let's just get right to it. Jack, before we tackle all things football, how was your weekend? Uh, it was great. Thank you for asking. Uh, getting ready for the holidays. Excited. Spent Sunday watching a ton of NFL. Saturday, catching up on uh, wild, uh, wild college football week. So I uh, can't ask for much more than that. And got the uh, the Christmas tree up. So, you know, <laughs> we're ready. You can it see looks behind great. Me. Barely. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How about you, Jack? It was a great weekend. Really fun time. Glad you're doing well. Someone, I want to give a shout out here as we get going. One of the listeners of the show, Nate Smith, he's a good friend of mine. Nate had Wisconsin Badgers tickets he wasn't going to use. And I had never been to Madison before. And he's just like, hey, Jack, you want to go? My treat, man. Here, use my tickets. So my sister and I made a day trip out of it. Madison's only about two hours here from Chicago. So got to experience a Wisconsin Badgers game. For the first time, a little taste of Madison. I could talk about that later as we get into college <laughs> football, but it's awesome. very fun time. I always love visiting new, especially college football or college basketball stadiums or MLB parks. It's always it's always a blast to get that experience. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad you saw the Badgers in person. So when we talk college football, I can ask you how they looked with your own <laughs> eyes. And stuff. Yeah. And they got a, they got a fun matchup with Minnesota coming up. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's get started here with the NFL. I'm going to run through the scores that we have from the past week. All right. So the New England Patriots just obliterated the Atlanta Falcons again. Well, I guess they didn't obliterate them last time, but they beat them pretty handily. 25 nothing was the final on that game on Thursday night. Patriots improved to 7-4. and four. Mac Jones playing some very good football. The This is what uh, we'll talk more about this in a second, but I do think this was a bit of a light week on the NFL side of things. So I don't think we're going to go too deep in the NFL this week. But what I'm talking about is the game that I was forced to watch 
was the Baltimore Ravens and the Chicago oh, Bears. I'm and sorry. Yeah, it was without Lamar Jackson. It's a horrible loss for the Bears. Just absolutely choked on the final drive. It looked like they were going to win that game. Baltimore wins that game 16-13. And as a Steelers fan, it got my blood boiling. I'm just like, are you kidding me? They win this game. Oh, so frustrating. 16-13, the Ravens improved to 7-3. and Bears 3-7 and now. Detroit Lions, they cover again, I guess. <laughs> That's what you could say here. Browns edge out a win 13-10. to Lions 0-9-1 now. The Packers and the Vikings, probably the best game of the week. I couldn't watch it. You know why, Jack? Because you're watching Bears uh, Ravens. <laughs> they had a weird thing going on this week where there were two games going on, which I guess uh-huh. is normal in the early slate. So CBS had a game and Fox had a game. And the Bears were on CBS with Nance and Romo, which I feel right. bad for those guys that that's the game they got. <laughs> and they so then the Fox affiliate here wanted to put Packers Vikings on, right. which is typically what happens when these teams play. They're on in Chicago because there's regional interest there. And I I guess the Chicago Bears have the right to block another team from airing in their city so they blocked that game really man the rivalry (laughs) goes outside the the gridiron (laughs) i think it's i think it's pathetic i mean the packers are paying no mind to the bears anymore it's not even a rivalry it's like a homecoming game every week (laughs) show up and blow them out and it's just like oh my gosh so i really wanted to watch that game i couldn't watch it i didn't know they could do that I didn't either. I was very <laughs> confused as to why that game was not on and I couldn't watch it. And so then, and that's one of my things with the NFL is like, if there's with college, you have so many games on. So you can just, if the game's bad, you can flip their like 30 games on mm-hmm. at a time. You right. can find something with the NFL. You, it was either the, the bears Ravens game or the saints and the Eagles was the other Ooh. game, which mm-hmm. ended okay. up the final on that game one was 40 to 29 Eagles won that game and they improved to five and six Jalen hurts playing some solid football here, but man, Oh my gosh. I was just so, so annoyed. So frustrated. We'll keep moving along here and we'll tackle all these things, but the Houston Texans with a shocker go on the road to Tennessee and give the Titans their third loss of the season. 22 13, the final on that game, Indianapolis Colts, blew out the Buffalo Bills. Bills have now lost two of their last three, including that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple weeks ago. And uh, they were the prohibitive favorites coming into the season on the AFC side of things. And Indianapolis Colts have looked pretty solid. Miami Dolphins uh, are starting to rattle off some wins here. They go to New York and they beat the Jets 24-17. They're now 4-7. and seven. The 49ers with a win over the Jaguars 30-10. to 10 back at 500 for them. The Washington football team handed Cam Newton his first loss in his return to the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. 27-21, the final on that game. Taylor Heineke uh, pulls out the victory there for the football team. Cincinnati Bengals on top of the Las Vegas Raiders. 32-13. Looks like the Raiders are starting to crumble uh, it, they've had a lot go wrong this season and i think it's starting to show now in the standings they're back at 500 
Arizona Cardinals hand a butt kicking to Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Colt McCoy <laughs> with a great game, 23-13 final on that game. Kansas City Chiefs, maybe they're back on track now, win over the Cowboys at home, 19-9. to And then, oh, I forgot to put the Monday night game in here. Who won last night? Oh, it was Your Bucks uh, fan. my Bucks. Yes, they was the uh, 30, final? thirty to ten. Thirty to okay. ten. Okay, so, so not too much going on there. But my team, the Steelers, oh, it, a wild <laughs> one. Sunday night. <laughs> Once again, it was similar to the Bears game. It's like, it looks like oh they're gonna win, but I can't. It, it, oh, yeah, that was... they, they came up short, 41-37. They're playing last. They were playing that night without T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, and right. Joe Hayden. So three of their top four defensive players and it really showed, but <laughs> they're down now. Five, they're five, four and one. So Jack, what do you want to highlight from this week? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Okay. So I have my notes here. I was writing down a couple of, uh, of the ones I really Perfect. wanted to talk about here and I'll try to rapid fire them. The first one I got, since we talked about bears Ravens first and talking Chicago and, you know, a lot of Chicago fans where I'm around in, in uh, Fort Wayne too. So uh, I think this is not, the worst thing to happen from a bears perspective that they lost here. This is a bad loss, of course, on paper. And I know it's not a healthy perspective to be rooting against uh, a team for the sake of firing, but talking (laughs) to a lot of bears fans, I think the frustrations for a lot of them have been, they go on these late season runs in years past and they somehow sneak into the playoffs, like as the six or six seed or, or some wild card birth. And then they get ousted and their draft position falls. And then it's like this one more year of hope possibly now. I mean, it, you know, they had that game one, they choked it in the end. I think Nate, he's going to be gone. I, I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise loss. You're close. You're better draft position. Uh, more ammo for firing Nagy. The only bad thing is Fields getting injured, obviously, is uh, a, a down point on that. Well, I'll, I'll say the other down point, if you want the Bears to lose, I actually think they're going to win more games with Andy Dalton down the stretch here. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that for sure. And, and you know, they got the Lions this Thursday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Detroit gets their first win. Last time we were on, we were talking about Jacksonville getting their first win, and you <laughs> called it, so. <laughs> I did, I did. I think, I think the, Andy Dalton's going to be. I've, if you play daily fantasy, I could see Andy Dalton being a good pick this week, probably a cheap salary. Yeah, nobody's going to want to pick him, so you'll get some good uh, leverage there. I'm higher on Andy Dalton than the Bears fans are, I think, because what we've seen so far, and it's a small sample size, but he started the first two games. Bears went one and one, mm-hmm. and then since then, they've had Fields start the rest of their games and. Yeah, Fields has shown a lot of upside, a lot of potential. He's made some great plays, some great throws. You see the potential there. He's not polished. If you want to win games right now, which maybe Bears fans don't want, as you mentioned, <laughs> I think Andy Dalton's going to win more games. He gets the ball out quicker. I mean, he he didn't get many reps this week as a mm-hmm. backup. He just stepped up in the second half of this game. And in two plays, they score a touchdown. I really think that Andy Dalton is undervalued by Bears fans. And if he, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say this. Nagy's trying to coach to save his job. Mm -hmm. If Andy Dalton gives the Bears a nice butt kicking over the Lions this week, and we see something like a 27 to 10 type of game with Andy Dalton throwing for 250 yards, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Nagy isn't in any rush to get Fields back out there. Yeah, and I think, I mean, yeah, you got to keep Fields healthy. It's it's funny. I mean, the Bears, are, it's just such a weird spot for yeah, Chicago. It's I feel a like. mess. It's, yeah, because, I mean, obviously Andy's not the future. I mean, I agree. I think if you want to win games now and maybe Nagy, you know, for the sake of his job, probably does. So I could see Dalton starting the rest of the season. I think that gives him a better chance to win games. But I think if you're a fan of the Bears, as weird as it sounds, of course you always want to win. But losing is not the worst thing right now right. Uh, because, you know, I, it, that that big picture. I don't like saying that. But <laughs> uh, but but how about Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery? There's, there's still pieces there. That defense is still good. So it's just uh, who's – you know, quarterback and, and and the coaching, I think, is a problem. So I think the Bears had the best loss of the week was my uh, <laughs> takeaway. Jack, I think the thing with the Bears is everyone looks at with the Bears, the problems being down here, coach, quarterback. I think they're yeah. they're up here. It's president. Yeah. It's GM. Yeah. Why should Ryan Pace get to pick a third head coach? But he's it's it's a weird situation where. Pace picked a new quarterback, so he bought himself some time. I would think you're not going to bring in a new executive. I it, it would be it would be strange to bring in a new executive who did not draft Justin Fields. It could happen, I guess. It's the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Who knows? And then, <laughs> but then you're going to let you're so you basically let him pick a new quarterback, and now you're going to let him pick a new coach potentially. How many? tries should this guy get when he gave the big contract to Mike Glennon he they're spending like 15 million dollars on two backup quarterbacks right now it's 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 crazy and yeah I I totally agree with you on that and I I do think they are up here Uh, the only thing I I certainly don't think this is a likely possibility but I will throw it out there that um, I could see the Bears because I've been told from Bears fans that the owners don't like to do those midseason firings. They wait to the end. So rushing back Justin Fields, having him finish the year, things don't go well, and I could see them scrapping everything and just not cutting ties with Fields, but it, drafting another quarterback and you know, Ooh. and having Phillip, uh, Fields start next year. But but you know, as a uh, just a, from a new GM perspective and scrapping everything, I don't think that's likely. But no, I don't think there. that'll happen. But I do think that I don't know. You can't. You just can't figure out the Chicago Bears. It's just it's a strange situation. It's a strange run team. Yeah, and their president has been there for over twenty years, and there's been no accountability with his job. I don't know why. I don't know why the McCaskey family loves Ted Phillips so much, but. Nevertheless, uh, the Bears remain the Bears, and bad teams stay bad in the NFL <laughs> yep, that's far right. too often. What else, Jack, from this? Yeah, game? okay. How about the team that uh, – really two teams, I think, that nobody wants to play right now and nobody wants to play in the playoffs if they make it in there. And uh, one of them is who my team is playing. I'll be able to see them this weekend. Of course, the Colts playing the, the Bucks. Uh, yeah. The Colts being that team. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's performance, ridiculous – yeah. Uh, they're such a well-coached team, I think. I think Frank Reich, they, they didn't panic early on. Um, they're not a perfect team by any means, but they play hard. They play smart. They possess the ball. Uh, I, I think it's just a team that nobody wants to play right now. Hottest team, I think, in my mind, in the AFC. And um, 
exciting. It'll be a great matchup with the Bucks this weekend, just because Tampa's number one in run defense. They have been for a couple of years. It's so tough to run on them. So um, I think Wentz is going to have to win this game. He can't rely on Taylor like he did last week, even though, I mean, JT, he's in the MVP running now. What an amazing yeah. performance. <laughs> yeah, he's been a fantastic pro player. The knock on him coming out was that he might fumble a little too much. Mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah. We haven't seen that yet. He's been terrific. They have a they're playing a game right now where it's just run the ball down your, their throats and until someone stops them, they're going to mm-hmm. keep doing that. And I love that because Carson Wentz is not the same guy he was 4 years ago when he may have won the MVP had he not gotten injured. I think he had an ACL tear that mm-hmm. year. Yeah, against the Rams. Yeah. But they're making it work, and like you said, Coach Reich is doing a great job with that team. Yeah, and I think the other team that that's getting hot that nobody wants to play is uh, NFC side, the, the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, what a game against the Packers. They really should have a couple more wins. They should. Everybody they've knows. led in every game they've played, all 10 of them. You know, I used to live in Minnesota, and uh, <laughs> I feel for those fans. It's, they've been through so much, the torture there. But, but that team is playing really well right now. The defense has come around. Justin Jefferson, what can you say? He's, he's fantastic. Kirk Cousins probably having his best year that I've ever seen him have. He's protecting the ball. I mean, give Kirk Cousins some props, people. That's it. I, I don't like to do that. I've been slow <laughs> on it, but I have to. Yeah. So uh, Minnesota, I, I we'll see if they can keep it going. But that's another team I, I would not want to play right now. Those those two teams are uh, really hot. All right. What's going on with the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, I'm glad I had that one written down. And if you remember. Last time we talked, my hot take was that uh, Pete Carroll on the hot seats and Seattle becoming one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know if I believe in the latter one, but I do think, I mean, this is a, last year too, that Seattle offense really uh, became stagnant at the end of last year and this year for most of it. Uh, and there's too many weapons for that to be the case. So uh, I don't think Russ, is, I mean, Russ doesn't look 100% healthy, but their game plan, their formula, it is not working. And I really do think they are not a good football team. I think they're going to have to – I mean, we'll see in terms of what this timeline's like. But at some point, whether it's after this year, after next year, they're going to have to make a decision. Are they going to continue with Russell Wilson mm-hmm. or are they going to continue with Pete Carroll? And honestly, Russell Wilson is going – he's age 32. He's been banged up a little bit. I, I am a little concerned about him yeah. just because it doesn't look like the the Russ from three years ago. That was the best version of him I remember seeing was 2018 where he's just phenomenal. Yeah. But yeah, he hasn't looked right. Maybe it's that he came back too quick. Maybe there's some, it seems like there's something going on inside there. I mean, we talked about this in the preseason, CJ Revis and I, when we did our, preseason preview we didn't think that russell was actually trying to force his way out of seattle but it seemed like he was trying to send a message that he was unhappy and he was saying hey this is what i can do mm-hmm. unless you make the situation better and i don't really we don't know what's going on on the inside but i think that i don't know i think i still think pete carroll is a really good coach they found a way to win they won a game with geno smith it, it convincingly I, mean, I know it was against jacksonville but they weren't it's not like they've been 
a better team with a banged up Russell Wilson versus with Geno Smith. I think Pete Carroll finds a way to win games. Nevertheless, I, I do think that this situation is it's not it's not good. They're three and seven. And I think you might be onto something with something being going on in that building because I feel like in Pete Carroll's career, his greatest success comes from he's a great motivator and getting his players to give it their all for him, uh, play it with a lot of heart, a lot of passion, a lot of emotion. And you know, I, I don't know if he's getting – there just seems to be some sort of disconnect there. And I, I, I like the theory that something might be going on. I don't know what's happening. but And, and I could see – I mean, Russell with that massive contract, if they can yeah. find a partner – that'll take on some of that. I could absolutely see a trade and them just starting over. I mean, they do have a couple of pieces, but um, I I like that. I like that there. I could see that. And I could see a lot of teams that, that obviously could use Russ and they feel like they have the talent around. So yeah, someone would take the contract. That's the the thing. The thing that I think is interesting is that a number of guys after leaving the Seahawks, Richard Sherman, a lot of guys from that team, have slammed Russell Wilson publicly after leaving. So it it's yeah, I yeah. I would not be I feel like he could be I think he could be the one on the outs here. And it seems like for them you could get some good value. There were rumors about last year that the Bears had offered multiple first round yeah, picks. Right. And you're dumping a, a salary of a quarterback in his mid thirties. Now granted Yes, it's Russell Wilson, and yes, he's got some. He's still got some years ahead of him, hopefully. But I, I think that it would be a good spot for them to start over. Now, granted, it's not a great quarterback draft, so I don't really know if the timing lines up for it True. this year or if they point. try to run it back another year. But trouble in paradise over there in Seattle. Yeah. Um, yes. So moving on, uh, if if you're going to move on, let's want to talk more Seattle. Uh, on the NFL or move to college? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to do one more NFL point. Yeah, please do. Can you please tell me what you think of, of Dallas? Because they're the media <laughs> darlings, as always. But when you get shut out against Denver, who has not looked impressive, and then you beat down an Atlanta team, which, you know, is not good, and then – just laying an egg against Kansas city in such a hype game. I thought that was really going to be, and it's not like Casey blew my mind. I mean, their defense really showed up, uh, but Dallas is, uh, I hate to say, I feel like they're the most overrated team in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, not to say they won't win the division, but they're not a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. The key to beating Kansas city, as we've seen this year has been defense and they, last couple of weeks, I'm not entirely ready to buy into Kansas city's turn to corner Me too. right I'm back to-, to where they were because you last week they played the Raiders and the Raiders are, they had a really nice first six, seven games. And I thought Derek Carr has, I think Derek Carr, even though, even though they're still not winning, I think he's been exceptional for them. I think he's been leading them phenomenally yeah. with everything that's gone on this season yeah. off the field. And he's played very well. And it's not like it's a great team, but there's just a lot going on there. Yeah. And Crazy like we're year. starting to see them start to, I don't want to say crash and burn, but they're, they've dropped off. And then you say, saw Dallas this week. Dallas isn't a good, they're not a good defensive team. And they should be putting up 
like you said, they should be putting up more than nine points yeah. against Kansas City. So I don't know. I think they're a product of playing in one of the worst divisions of football. And they're they're a good team. They're mm-hmm. going to win their division. They might win a playoff game, but I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I think I have to agree with you. I I will just say, watch out. Philly's caught. Washington's won a couple in a row. You know, I mean, I think they will win the division, Dallas, but uh, I don't know. Not ready to, to lock that one up yet, which is <laughs> kind of fun. I like it when the NFC East is is crazy. At least, yeah, yeah crazy. That's a good. Yeah. Word. All right. Last thing I'll add is okay. that. The Steelers, I'm just getting I'm getting a little frustrated here. It feels like mm-hmm. I know I know that they're playing shorthanded and they were last week, but you gotta close out that game. There are a lot of the the thing with Mike Tomlin, and I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great decision maker. There are there have been several times over the years, but particularly over the last couple of weeks where I'm watching that Detroit game, it's like, how on earth are you going to tie this game against a winless Lions team at home? This is going to be one of those games that you're going later in the season, you're adding up wins mm-hmm. and you say, man, we needed to win that game. We could mm-hmm. not have taken a tie against the Lions. We could take a tie against New England or mm-hmm. whomever, you cannot take a tie against the Detroit Lions. That's a must-win game, and they did not win. Again, it was without Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I want to give Roethlisberger a little credit just because people have tried to identify and simplify the problems with this team and say, well, it's just Big Ben. He's not what he used to be. And Ben is not – he doesn't have the same physical gifts that he once did. He's breaking down. This is probably going to be his last year as a starter in this league. If he wants to stick around and be a backup somewhere, he can do that. But he's probably not going to be starting anywhere next year unless he wants to go play on the Lions, I guess, or somewhere, <laughs> somewhere like that where it's just a clear rebuild and a tank year. But mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is giving them as much as he can and he can still win you games. Now he's. We saw last week. We saw he's a much better option than Mason Rudolph is. He's still something that can win you games. He's not. He's not horrible. I'm just getting tired of these, these games where this is a situation. I just saw the Steelers get the ball three and a half minutes left, and it, it, I think I saw three straight pass plays. And they kicked a long field goal. Mm-hmm. That's a great situation to run the clock out mm-hmm. and get the last score of the game. Instead, they kick the field goal and they give way too much time for Justin Herbert to run down the field and score a touchdown. It was predictable. I just don't know, as much as I love Mike Tomlin, I just don't think that Pittsburgh Steelers head coach should be the type of job that you just have a job for life with no accountability. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's been known for, what, three coaches over the last, <laughs> crazy, you know. Since 1969, three head Unbelievable. coaches. Unbelievable. But um, I totally agree with everything you said about Ben. I mean, I they beat the Lions if Ben's playing. Yep. And uh, and that loss was not on him. Never count, you know, so much respect for him for never counting him out of a game. Uh, they were down, you know, in that Chargers game. And I, I thought it was over in the third quarter. And as my dog photobombs me here, sorry <laughs> about that. Um, but um, uh, Ben leading that comeback, you know, he's playing with a lot of heart. 
Uh, and so I, I, I totally agree with all your points. That being said, it might be the last year for him and, and for Tomlin package deal. I think a reset. They kind of remind me of the bears of last year, just in terms of, I could see Pittsburgh squeaking in to the playoffs as that last playoff team. And then probably being an ousted one and done, and then kind of starting, starting a lot of stuff from scratch. Don't compare so. my team to the bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> Uh, I, no, take, I, I have a lot of wrong takes, though. So <laughs> I don't think it's the last year for Tomlin. I think it'll be mm. fine. I just okay. would like to see. I, I just sometimes the in-game decisions just yeah. baffle me so much. Yeah. Sometimes when it's like, hey, maybe we should go for two here, or maybe we should go for it on fourth down. And he does. It feels like a lot of times it's just the opposite of what I would do. But I'm not an NFL head coach. <laughs> I probably the same a good thing. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> Can All I right, make one last yes. NFL? I'm so Please sorry. This will be really quick. Um, I just want to say it feels like where the Bills are right now, it feels like where KC is maybe just getting out of. But that Bills offense, I'm really nervous about. I know the defense, the failures to stop Taylor are taking the headline, the, the spotlight. But that offense, I mean, as you know, they struggle against Jacksonville so badly. They did not look great against Indianapolis. Uh, so it's interesting to see the Bucks a little bit. The Chiefs and the Bills really taking uh, a bit of a step back offensively, especially the Bills uh, of late. So just want to put that out there. Yeah, better be careful because Mac Jones could win that AFC East with the Patriots. I know. Nobody, look, I I don't think Mac Jones is getting enough credit. He's playing very, very well. And I feel like people are just chalking it up to – Oh, it's the situation he's in. That's mm-hmm. so good. And that's what they said about him at Alabama. Mac Jones is an incredibly accurate passer, which is important. And it's true. Bill Belichick is maxing out on Mac Jones because he's so accurate. And that's what Bill loves for his team. I just wish Mac Jones got a little more credit because he should be, he should be the rookie of the year. Maybe he'll win it. We'll see. But I, I I like seeing your dog here, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she likes the Jack Vita show. <laughs> we'll get shot next time. Uh, I know. I totally agree. There's smart football team. Mac Jones. He's playing like he's been in the league for ten years. So yeah. smart. Uh, rookie of the year. Box it up. All right. So Jack, let's talk some college football. Oh, cool. And we got a lot happening. Here are scores for Week Twelve of the college football season. Georgia did not have much of a challenge against Charleston Southern this week. 56-7, the final score on that game. Alabama, 42-35 over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Utah handing Oregon its second loss of the season. Thanks for playing, Ducks. I think you're done. (laughs) Utah now clinches a spot in the Pac-12 title game with that win and with Arizona State losing. And final on Arizona State game, by the way, was 24-10 against Oregon State in Oregon. Now, disappointing year for Arizona State. They're still a good team, but not. they were looking at a team that could be in that Pac-12 championship race. Ohio State just came out guns blazing and absolutely crushed Michigan State. 56-7 was the final on that game. Big, big win for the Cincinnati Bearcats after really being questioned, some might say disrespected over the past few weeks, but they had struggled over their last few games, not really 
they didn't really struggle. They just didn't score any style points with their wins over average American athletic conference teams. They did this week. SMU is a good team, and they won big over SMU, 48-14. Michigan on top of Maryland, 59-18. Notre Dame continues to roll, 55-0 over Georgia Tech. Oklahoma State shuts out Texas Tech, 23-0 was the final on that game. Wake Forest, disappointing effort, disappointing performance. They get their second loss of the season at Clemson, 48-27, the final on that game. Baylor with a nice win over Kansas State, 20-10. Ole Miss on top of Vandy, 31-17. Oklahoma Sooners get back on track with a win over Iowa State, 28-21. BYU on top of Georgia Southern, 34-17. Wisconsin, the game I was at, we'll talk about (laughs) that. Big win over Nebraska at home in Madison, 35-28. Prairie View A&M comes up short against Texas A&M. Did, wait, did I get that right? Did those two play each other? Was it A&M versus A&M, or did I, I screw something up in my notes? Uh, I thought it was Prairie View A&M. I think that's right. I, I, just, I was like, it looks like something I would screw up. And <laughs> Yeah, no, it was A&M Prairie, versus A&M. Yeah, I didn't even put that together, three. to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> 52 to 3, the final on that game. Illinois, nice little challenge against Iowa. It wasn't enough, though. Iowa Hawkeyes improved to, I believe they're now either 9 and 2, still alive, technically. I guess we'll see what happens here over the last week. But I think I think Wisconsin's gonna end up winning the Big Ten if they especially if they beat Minnesota this week, they'll clinch it. But 33-23 final on that game. Virginia, nice little challenge against Pittsburgh, but Pitt wins 48-38. North Carolina State on top of Syracuse, 41-17. UT San Antonio, the Roadrunners, now 11-0. Big, big, big win over UAB. Mississippi State on top of Tennessee State, 55-10. San Diego State on top of UNLV, 28-20. Houston with a nice win over Memphis, 31-13. This was uh, an upset by some... I I don't know how Liberty was favored to win this game. Liberty's (laughs) gone, and they've they've no-showed a couple times. They really haven't looked as good as they did last year. They were actually favored. I guess they they were at home against Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns just annihilated them this past Saturday, 42-14. I think that team's being slept on they're not anywhere close to the college football playoff rankings but they're a one-loss team the raging cajuns are good 42 14 final score on that game another team from the sun belt that has been crushing it lately app state appalachian state on top of troy 45 to 7 utah state disappointing effort at uh i think it was i i don't know if it's a home game or not but they play wyoming 44 17 final on that game in the mac We've got NIU with another big win. They're now 8-3. and three. They're my favorite to win the MAC. 33-27 over Buffalo. Some good matching. It's going to come down to Kent State and Miami this week. Winner of that is probably going to play Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game in a week. Air Force with a big win over Nevada. They improved to 8-3. 41-39 the final on that game. And elsewhere... 
classic rivalry did not go well for USC. UCLA blew them out 62-33. Those are our scores for the week, Jack Keenan. <laughs> so crazy to think uh, what happened to USC, how far they've fallen. But, um, <clears throat> wow, what a week. <laughs> uh, I think – I mean, what do you think was the biggest storyline from all those gains? Is it the Big Ten out of that shaken up? Was it Oregon's dismal performance? Was it Cincy-style points? I mean, a lot of great uh, – was Ohio State just destroying Michigan State? I think Ohio State's the biggest story. Mm-hmm. I was – so I was up in Madison. We went to a bar. It was called Nitty Gritty. Got a good burger. Sounds We're like just- a Madison bar. Yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> So we were just like, we're sitting up there. My sister, one of her friends who lives up there, just getting some food before the game. And we're just watching that first half. And Ohio State was just so overwhelmingly good in that first half. Michigan State, just there were the number seven, I want to say, team in the country in the college. Yeah, Yeah. they were number seven. And they just got crushed. That was a huge win. For Ohio State, now we're going to talk later about what we have this week with Michigan, Ohio State. But I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for most people. But in terms of the most impactful on this actual race is what you brought up. Oregon's basically out of it now. So I think it's pretty simple in terms of who you have. I mean, how you determine a top four. I've talked about this. I talked about this last week, but. It should be pretty easy. We have two conferences that are clearly the two best conferences this year in particular. You've got the Big Ten and you've got the SEC. Mm-hmm. If you win the Big Ten and you win the SEC, you should essentially get an automatic bid into the playoff. And I know Wisconsin, they're probably not going to get in. I actually would put them in if they won the Big Ten. If they handle if they beat well, I guess if the situation would be if they beat Michigan, if Michigan wins this week and then Michigan loses to Wisconsin, then it would be tough because Wisconsin had lost to Michigan earlier in the season. That right. would be a situation where I wouldn't say automatic bid for the Big Ten champ. But if Wisconsin goes and they beat Minnesota this week <laughs> and they beat Ohio State, I would put Wisconsin in. If wow. Ohio State or Michigan I, I, I mean, this conference, it should matter. I think the thing is, these conference championship games should matter. I want to see yeah. them get in. So I say, if you win the SEC, and this is what's going to happen, we're going to have Georgia and Alabama matching up in a week and a half. Winner of that game, put those two in, mm-hmm. seal the deal. But most likely, realistically, Ohio State or Michigan's probably going to be the team <laughs> out of the Big Ten. So let's just, for the sake of this argument, let's just say it's one of those two teams and it's one of Georgia or Alabama. Personally, I would not put, if let's say, let's say Georgia, even, even though Georgia had a great year, if they lose to Alabama, I think they should be done. Really? Oh yeah. man. I don't, I don't think I can agree with that, Jack, because I can't think of four better teams than Georgia unless like style in college football matters, you know, above any other sport that I can think of, like how you win, how you look. So if Alabama blows the doors off Georgia, then I could probably, I could, I could see it, but Georgia has been so dominant this year. They've been the clear cut. Number one, I, I, one loss. I don't know. I mean, who would you put 
over that. So, okay. So I want to just, I just want to, you know, we'll, we'll circle back to this. I okay. want to just kind of bring up this concept, basically. SEC champ, Big Ten champ, I like put them in. Yes. Let's do that. So uh, then you got two more spots. If uh-huh. Cincinnati wins out, they're an undefeated team, and they have a win over Notre Dame as a, you know, Notre Dame's peaking right now. As, as I top, say, yeah, they're looking good. Top so, yeah. five or six-ish team in the country, and they win on the road. Cincinnati needs to be in. Now, then it gets interesting in terms of who's team number four. Mm-hmm. I think that's a situation where I would be fine with, okay, we could put Alabama in, or, well, I don't know, Alabama loses two games they should not be in. Uh, that's in, that's an interesting, yeah, debate. If they lose the SEC title game, you got to do something. You're, this isn't just, I, I know Colin Cowherd was comparing it to like a job interview type thing. And it's like, <laughs> Part of it getting a job is like who you know and like, oh, yeah, they didn't get good grades, but they have really good skills. I don't care. This is not a job interview. This is take what we saw this season. The games count. And if you lose the games, like SEC championship game should be a playoff game, basically. We're only going to put four teams in. Winner of that game. You you have something to say. <laughs> I agree with the sentiment. I do. My problem is just who – and I think – the Alabama debate is really interesting because I agree. I mean, two loss Alabama team is a lot closer for me leaving them out of the playoffs than a one loss Georgia team. If Georgia loses. So if Alabama loses, who do you put in over them? Cause I agree with you about Cincinnati and I agree with about you with the big 10 winner. I mean, are you putting the loser of Michigan, Ohio state? Are you putting a Notre Dame sneaking in there? It can't be Oklahoma state if they went out. I think so. The thing is, is I would love ideally in a perfect world. It's that we're not, we don't live in a perfect world. That's right. clear. But <laughs> I think just in terms of my priorities, uh-huh. I think the thing is like my, my idea is if Alabama beats Georgia, why should they have to beat them again? That's my question. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I don't want to see the same match. I, I, I get it. I agree. So. In a perfect world, if there's a team, I think the teams that I would look at, the team that I would really look at is Oklahoma State. If (laughs) Oklahoma State, they're going to have to beat Oklahoma this week. And then I don't know if it's Baylor or Oklahoma. I, I think it would be if they win this week, then Oklahoma State would be a two loss team with a loss to Baylor. So they'd have to play Baylor again. Right. If they win both those games, and we're looking at this thing with one Big Ten team, one SEC team, and then Cincinnati. I would put Oklahoma State in in that situation. Now, if Oklahoma State screws it up, <laughs> then I'd probably go with the SEC team. Because okay. at that point, it's like you've given a chance to everybody. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame could be in the conversation, but really, I, I think... Just Notre- the schedule. Yeah. Not, not enough. Yeah. yeah. Even though, I mean, yeah, I think I agree. They're peaking at the right time. I totally agree. I Yeah. I, I, if Oklahoma State wins out, that will be enough for me to probably put them in, to put them in over Alabama if Alabama loses that SEC championship game. I totally agree because, but I think Oklahoma is going to beat them next week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll yeah. get to the, the score, the, yeah. the preview. Uh, <laughs> but, but if oh, the, those are two, the, those would be really two high quality wins. And then the debate would get interesting. If Alabama beats Georgia, then would you and say Oklahoma state wins out that Oklahoma state, Georgia debate. I mean, going by what you said with, valuing conference championships, which 
you know, I, I can get on board with it. it, it that would be close to me as to who to put in. I think the thing is, is if you only have four playoff spots and we've already seen these teams play each other before, then I don't think we need to. I I know a lot of people, the way they look at it is like, who are the best four teams? That's I like. Right. I like to look at it as what are the best four resumes? And I guess you could say that a one loss Georgia team technically has a better resume. But my my view is like they had their chance to beat Alabama. They lost. Why should Alabama have to beat them twice? Because it's so hard to beat a team twice in, mm-hmm. in especially in this sport too. So I like to value those games. But here's the thing, Jack. Cincinnati could lose. They could lose to Houston. True. That's Cincinnati true too. could yes. lose. Oklahoma State could lose. And yeah. in that situation, then it's like, okay, what do you do? Because Notre Dame, if Notre Dame's a one-loss team, they should not be above Cincinnati if Cincinnati's won that head-to-head. Right. Well, yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, that's tough, right? So, And then it's <laughs> like, that's a situation where I'd be, so let's say, hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, one of those teams lose, or both of them, then f- by all means, we can put Georgia and Alabama both in. Right. I just think in a perfect world, I'd like to see we're only going to have four teams. Let's let's value these big games and these conference championships because I think one of the things people like to say is that why college football is so great is that these games matter. But I don't think they matter if you're just going to put if if Georgia and last year, like last year, I don't think Notre Dame should have gotten in. But in Notre Dame's defense, they split with Clemson. I think that's mm-hmm. different because. Then you're looking, okay, they split with each other. We can we can have them potentially play each other a third time, but I don't think you need to Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you for sure. And I I like your point a lot about the best resume. I totally agree. I mean, just based on what we talked about, if Oklahoma State wins out against Oklahoma and and that other, you know, uh Big 12 school probably Baylor. Um that would be that would be pretty tough to keep them out. I feel like um, it's <laughs> if Georgia loses. Yeah. I mean, we've said it all. I, I think you, I, I like your argument. Let me just put it that way. You, you yeah. make a great argument. Uh, now I just yeah, want to double back. Disagree with me. Go ahead. About you would put Wisconsin three loss Wisconsin in if they won the, uh, the big 10. So let's just, okay, let's say, here's what, let's set the table here. So we've got, let's say, Georgia or Alabama, that champion. Let's just say Georgia wins that game. Two loss Alabama. Ohio State loses at some point if Wisconsin's winning the Big Ten championship. Let's say they lose to Wisconsin. They're a two loss team. Wisconsin, yeah, they're a three loss team, but they did win that head to head. So I'd put them above Ohio state. They mm-hmm. won the big 10. And now what else are we really looking at? Because in this case, Michigan's a two loss team. They lost Ohio state. Right. And then are we just going to go with Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma state, and no big 10 team? Yeah. I, it's just, so you, yeah, I know. I think I know. the thing <laughs> is, is what I'm saying, Jack is, 
right now and in my rankings, I don't have Wisconsin close to Ohio State. Ohio yeah, State, no. I have, I think the this top the four. Shot, yeah, the top, the top four, top five are pretty easy to pick. And I mean, right now, the top six teams, it's Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma State, Michigan. But it really doesn't matter because Georgia and Alabama and then Michigan and Ohio State are going to have to play each other. So one of those teams is going to have two losses. And yeah, I just think that if there is a version of this thing that could get really chaotic and it's going to be very hard for the committee because then it's like, okay, let's say you got two loss Ohio State. Do you put two loss Ohio State in above two loss Oregon who who beat them? Yeah. Does Oregon lose to Utah again? Like this could get very, very messy. It really could. That's what's fun about it. That's what's fun to talk about because there's some tough decisions. Um, I think I would put a one loss Notre Dame in over a three loss Wisconsin and leave the Big Ten shutout, which is crazy because they. Because Notre Dame did beat Wisconsin. Right. And I know you value those head to heads. That's a good point. Um, But. So are you in favor of expanding to at least oh, like yeah. eight? Yeah. I mean, this is the year, right? Where it would be like, gosh, because how great would it be to have eight of these teams in? Uh, <laughs> how great would it be if every conference champion got to play in this like postseason? That. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, we're probably going to do we're going to do something where I'm going to put a thing together in a couple weeks and maybe we'll do a podcast on it. But I'll definitely write about it. Jack's 24 team college football playoff. And what a 2014 playoff would look like, because that's what they do in FCS uh-huh. and what the matchups would look like. And every in this situation, every conference champion would get in. So then how fun would it be to watch UTSA play Michigan or someone like that? And you have the March Madness type of thing yes, where yeah, right. everyone's filling out a bracket and rooting to watch an underdog, a big yeah. upset. And this is a type of year where something like that really could happen, I think, if there was that type of expanded field. Yeah, you think of the UCF teams of years past, too, you know, where they just go undefeated and didn't, you know, necessarily have their shot in the playoffs. But um, I, that would be really cool. I love that. Uh, <laughs> it'd be so fun. I have to give you props on Utah, UTSA, because last <laughs> time we were uh, talking, you were hyping them up, and it was. I was like, okay, uh, keep an eye on them, and now look where we are, still undefeated. So yeah, that that's a, you know that that would be so fun to see that, and um, I think we're a long ways away from something like that, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> I, I think the fans would love it. You know, and that would be so so cool. Um, but that all being said, uh, I can't wait. I mean, kind of having a, just some huge playoff feeling games this coming weekend. Uh, in a week. I mean, it feels like seasons are on the line. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to some of those matchups in a little bit. So I guess it's like, I don't want to say Big Ten or Wisconsin wins the Big Ten and they're a lock in the playoff. That would be the situation where I guess I would say in theory, if Michigan or Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they're a lock in. Right. I wouldn't say Wisconsin a lock, but I think there's an argument to be made in that situation. I agree. I agree. And I think if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State lose and, and Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, then I think they're in for sure. Yeah, and if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State lose and 
even if Alabama loses two games, I mean, I would uh, effectively be okay with seeing some kind of a rematch in the SEC. I mean, I really wouldn't like Alabama to be in in, in that situation mm-hmm. because it'd be a little bit like, well, what did they actually do this season? But if let's say Alabama loses or Alabama beats Georgia and we're looking at Cincinnati with a loss and we're looking at Oklahoma State with two losses and whatever happens with the Big Ten, like I said, there's a version of this that could get really crazy and chaotic. Yes. I'd be fine with putting in two SEC teams, even if we're devaluing that game, just because it's not like someone else really stood out and earned it. But I think if things are to, let's just say in a hypothetical where we have that SEC champ and we have either Michigan or Ohio State, we'll put both those teams in. And if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State went out, I'd put those two teams in. That's mm. how I think I'm looking at this. Okay, okay, and I think that's fair enough. I think that's that would be a really good argument if that if that comes back. A really good debate. Um, are is there a team we're f- missing? I guess it'd probably be. We haven't talked to Oregon at all. I was about I to say Oregon, but gosh, that was such a bad loss to Utah. It's tough to get that out. Yeah, of the situation oh. for Oregon is that they would need the Big Ten. They would need Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. Because then that would be like, okay, then you're looking at Ohio State as a two-loss team that lost to Wisconsin or Michigan. And you have the head-to-head over Ohio State. And then you have the head-to-head. And so as it stands right now, Ohio State looks amazing. And they're... They very well have a good. They look. They look like they're going to look amazing in a couple weeks. We'll yeah. see. But they're still going to have a couple games here that are meaningful that they're going to need to win. And that's what I think is good is to have these meaningful games here at the end of the season. But if they're to lose, and especially if there's a situation where, let's say, like I said, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, it means that Ohio State and Michigan are two lost teams. Then I think. I don't know if the committee would value the head-to-head. I would value the head-to-head. I would put Oregon above those teams. But then would I go with Oregon or would I go with Wisconsin? It's kind of right, right. Yeah, that that would be an interesting debate too. Uh, All these hypotheticals, but (laughs) Ohio State, it's tough to – honestly, in my mind right now, it's tough to picture them losing. (laughs) They're they're so amazing. Um, and I'm someone who kind of leans a little bit more Michigan, so it's tough to say. <laughs> but Ohio State, you cannot deny how how awesome they oh look. But yeah, that I mean, yeah. I, I just love talking all these hypotheticals. You don't know what can happen. I mean, I've got a chaos if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. Absolute chaos. Notre Dame would be uh, again. They're in the mix, especially yeah. in a situation like that where they have uh-huh. a win over Wisconsin. If big, Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin winning the Big Ten would be the biggest. Yeah, I think that'd be the biggest thing that would kind of screw things up and make this really messy. Yeah. So can I? Let me ask you, Jack. Then, if um, I'm not going to say it because I razzed on them way too much last time I was on here. <laughs> so Cincinnati, you know, but say they they lose to a Houston or something, uh, and uh, Ohio State wins the Big Ten, and uh, let's just say Georgia wins the SEC. Uh, who, who, what would it look like for you playoff wise? So would Alabama make it in? Um, Oklahoma State win out. Maybe it's Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Well, it's tough because if you want to put 
the thing for me is if you want to put Notre Dame in, then Cincinnati should be one notch above them because they won that head-to-head on the road. But it's going to be hard for Cincinnati to get in if they don't if they don't go undefeated. I, I don't it's again, the thing is, it's not like we're looking at so many great cases right now. Like yeah. I know a lot of people are saying, well, Cincinnati hasn't they don't play the same schedule that some of these other teams do. Well, it's not like the teams that are playing the harder schedules are doing so incredibly well against those schedules that their cases are better than Cincinnati's. I don't think that's the case. So yeah, I, it's going to be really strange if Cincinnati loses and then mm-hmm. you're looking at, do you put Notre Dame in? I would not put Notre Dame above Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I probably, in that case, if we're looking at one-loss teams, I'd put Oklahoma State. Again, if Oklahoma State wins out. And heck, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they could win this week. And would oh, I think Oklahoma <laughs> wins this week. They could be in that Big 12 championship game. And then they beat Baylor. I wouldn't value their one loss season as much as an Oklahoma State's one loss season because then they'd be splitting with Baylor versus Oklahoma State would be beating Baylor twice. Or I don't know. It could be a situation where they win and then they play Oklahoma State again uh-huh. two weeks in a row. It's such a messy season, Jack. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I love the mess, though. Honestly, I love it because it's just, yeah, everyone's got hope right now. You know, it's it's so fun. Um, yeah, there's just it's so many hypotheticals. I mean, we could go down the, the rabbit hole. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I, if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State and Baylor and a couple of the other teams that we mentioned take a loss. I mean, a one-win Oklahoma team—that—that's a strong resume. Talking resumes, I mean, it's strong. So even though it's not always been uh, very, <laughs> very uh, what's the word, uh, smooth sailing yeah. for Oklahoma this year, <laughs> it's pretty amazing that uh, you know they still have a path. So yeah, I love it. I love the chaos. Let's bring it on and uh, see some more. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about if there are any other teams. I mean, the other thing is, let's yeah, say Houston, if Houston went beat Cincinnati, uh, there's no chance they'd actually put Houston in the playoff. Right. But then they're a one loss team that has a win over Cincinnati. It's it's going to be there are going to be some very hard decisions if we don't get. I mean, I mean the the easiest thing I think is if if Alabama. I, I'd say the easiest time I think the committee should have is let's say Georgia wins, they Mm -hmm. beat Alabama, they're SEC champs. You got two loss Alabama, either Michigan or Ohio State. One of those teams wins the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati remains undefeated and Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State wins out. I think that's a pretty clean cut playoff, especially because the other thing right now is Oklahoma State. It's kind of like I said, if you're ranking teams based on what they've done up to this point, you could put Notre Dame or Michigan ahead of Oklahoma State. You could put some other teams ahead of Oklahoma State. But if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and Baylor over the next two weeks, then the resume for them looks a lot better. I think that's what I'm looking at with Oklahoma State. The opportunity, yeah, is there for for a team like Oklahoma State. And yeah, I... It would be really tough to keep them out if that because those would be two really strong wins to me. Uh, Baylor's been 
you know, really coming on and, and Oklahoma of course is a fixture in the top 15 all year. So uh, yeah, I think it's kind of crazy to think that, yeah, I think Alabama would have to be on the outs. So um, in that situation. And then again, we go back to if Alabama beats Georgia and the same thing plays out, as you just said, you take in, is Georgia not making the playoff? If Georgia loses to Alabama and then everyone else wins out that. Yep. So I think the committee would put both of them in, but I'm not sure. I think the committee would put the two sec teams in, but I don't, I'm not saying that I would. Yeah. I have a different view. Thinking of what the committee would do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably correct. Like, like that'd be my guess is what they would do too. But also, I want to congratulate the Wisconsin Badgers. We've already given them the Big Ten West title before this <laughs> final le- last right. week of the season. And Iowa's still in play. Minnesota plays on yeah, the day. And there's a situation yeah. where, or sorry, they play them this weekend. If there's a situation where there could be a multi tie in the Big Ten, and then you look at all kinds of different win percentages and tiebreakers, I, I truthfully do not know how the tiebreakers get settled. So Wisconsin could lose this week and mm-hmm. then it gets even oh messier. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't, don't even want to think about if Wisconsin loses and then uh, whoever comes out of that tiebreaker situation beats <laughs> Ohio State or Michigan. <laughs> That'd be crazy, but it's rivalry rivalry week, man. Yes. So throw everything, you know, out and uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. No, it's definitely not. We'll get we'll preview these matches in a second. Matchups in a second. I will say a little bit about my Wisconsin Badgers experience. Camp Randall, mm-hmm. yeah, electric, great place. I've only been to a few different college football venues. I've been to Arizona State. I've been Northwestern, and now I've been to Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin Badgers had easily the most electric student section. Great fans. Uh, there was a a, a pretty strong smell of booze permeating <laughs> throughout the stadium Your cheese and booze a lot of a lot of shooters and stuff like that they're having so they're having a good time up there in madison and it was a really fun time great fans great tradition madison's a really cool town team looks like a good team nebraska i want to add on nebraska by the way just chose to bring back scott frost and uh. Yeah, this is news from about a week or two ago. I think that Nebraska could potentially be like the Minnesota Vikings in terms Mm. of they're losing several close games. I wouldn't be surprised if right now I think they're like a three-win team, maybe a four-win team. I would not be surprised if next year we see them jump to a seven- or eight-win team because they've had these games with – Ohio State with Wisconsin with good teams that they've had the opportunity to win. They haven't been able to close the deal. I like that take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I have to keep an eye out for that. Going back to your trip to Wisconsin. uh, How cold was it? And was there anybody shirtless in the student (laughs) section? So I wasn't close enough to the student section. I was watching from a distance, but very good synchronized, you know, arm movements. They're all doing it at the same time. And, a lot of electricity, a lot of fun. And it was not as cold as right now, by the way. it's. I woke up this morning. It said 
21 degrees here in Chicago. That's exactly what I saw this morning as I yeah. stepped out the car. That's funny. <laughs> I think it's, oh, it's still 21 degrees. Oh, no, it's 37 now. It was, it said it feels like 17 or 18 this morning. It was not that cold, but it was a 2.30 start time. So the game started, it was actually fairly nice, and the sun goes down at 4 o'clock or whatever. It goes down here in the Midwest. (laughs) And it got cold, but it wasn't... It was bearable. We're not at the point... I mean, this is November. We're not like the January where it's going to get super, super cold. You're right. Yeah. I didn't see any shirtless people here. Gotcha. Yeah, we got to wait for January, apparently, for that. We got to get you to... See, you've never been to an SEC stadium? Am I hearing that right, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I know. Listen, no disrespect to the Big Ten, especially Wisconsin. Those fans are awesome. But SEC fans also are crazy. Oh, I believe it. Get ready. When you come visit, get ready. I mean, the thing is, is like even even in Madison, even in Columbus, even in, in Ann Arbor, there are pro teams that aren't very far that compete for the interest of the fans. So Mm -hmm. Columbus, obviously fantastic fan base there at Ohio state. Oh yeah. The Browns aren't very far from them. The Bengals aren't very far from them. That's not taking anything away. But if you go down to like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that is that the is only life. team. Like, yes. or I guess you know Nebraska, Nebraska Cornhuskers. They are a Big Ten team, but that that is I've heard the it's team. Amazing there. there. Yeah, I haven't been, but yeah, me, I, me too. But uh, I've heard it's awesome, and you're you're so right. That's that's absolutely the point, and that's what's fun about about some of these teams. That that is literally the entire <laughs> town, the entire city. And they live and die by it. Yeah, and then like Texas A and M. Yeah, Texas has some sports teams, but Texas is a gigantic state. Mm-hmm. So you have college stations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I definitely need to go. I'd love to go anytime you want to do one next there season. There you go. Get you to Neyland. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Let's see. So, I want to just see what else from this past week should we discuss. Yeah. Did you have anything else before we preview the matchups this week? Yeah, uh, let's see here. Let's see if I wrote anything. I think Houston's um, a really good team. Uh, we're gonna. Uh-huh. I think Houston. I want to give some points to Cincinnati for that win against SMU. The Houston SMU game a few weeks ago was essentially a tie, but mm-hmm. Houston won on that kickoff return there late at the end of the game, and they were playing at home. Houston is a good, there are a couple good teams here in the American and Houston's a one loss team. They're 10 and one. If Cincinnati beats them, that's going to be another win worthy of a playoff appearance Mm -hmm. in terms of other sort of group of five action. Like I mentioned, NIU Northern Illinois Huskies, they're having a good year. I think they're going to win the Mac here led by, Michigan State transfer Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> what a great and, name. Yeah. And then uh, the ACC, I think another takeaway would be that the ACC, which been harping on all year, not a very strong conference. And I would actually put the Mountain West ahead of the ACC this year. Yeah. Clemson, we hand- yeah, Clemson handed. It's like these, these rankings are weird because mm-hmm. NC State mm-hmm. is a three loss team. They really haven't played anybody, and they're the number 21 team in the country, according to the college football playoff rankings. Like, 
I, I, and then you have a team like Houston, who's, I guess Houston's 24, but there are teams such as Louisiana or like there are some good teams that I think have stronger resumes. They've lost fewer games and they play in conferences that I guess the Sun Belt's not the ACC, but some of these Mountain West teams, it's just, I don't know. And I think you're capturing that, you know, resume versus best team argument and how the committee is viewing it. And that's why I think when you said your committee projections, uh, predictions as to what they're going to do, I think based on the rankings, that's your evidence there as to why they would do that. And, and yeah, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's like, it's like evaluating quarterbacks out of college, you know, and the small school kid who just tore it up and, and the, the stats look great and it looks good on tape, but the competition isn't there versus the guy who has all the traits, but didn't have a, as much success at his big time school, but he played, you know, tough, tough teams. It's kind of, you know, a give and take. I mean, I think Houston is better than NC state. Uh, Wake Forest loss was probably the most surprising is definitely yeah. the most surprising to me besides Michigan state, not even putting up a fight. Um, <laughs> crazy. Uh, we'll but, give some points to Clemson too, by the way, yeah, I mean, yeah turn true. it around. They're not, yeah, they're not like a top 20 team. They'll probably come in ranked this week. And I think I would have them ranked here pretty yeah. like 24, 25, something like yeah. that. I, I totally they agree. Are, they're a top 25 team. They're not what they've been in the past, but we'll give credit to those guys. They turned it around. They've been a lot better over the past several weeks. Yeah. And I, you know, I do love watching Pittsburgh too. And, and Kenny Pickett just fun. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for him to win the Heisman, even though uh, he's a long shot right now. Yeah, problem, I know. Problem is, I mean, I was looking at the betting odds on that recently, and it's uh-huh. like he was—he's like a plus two thousand, and then Stroud and Bryce Young and Kenneth Walker were all relatively closer to winning mm-hmm. that, and then I don't think there was anyone else above really in that territory. The problem is that with Pickett, and this is again why. It would be so great to have a system where the ACC championship matters. If you win the ACC and you get an automatic bid, every conference champ gets in the playoff, then that's a huge game. And yeah. right now, it, it kind of feels like because of our 14 playoff thing, before it was different. Before the old BCS system, there was greater value to winning your conference championship. Now, it doesn't, it's not valued as, in the same regard because of the current bowl setup mm-hmm. and it would be so great because that's the problem with Kenny Pickett is he's putting up all the numbers, but he's not going to play a signature big time game. That's going to be impactful on the yeah, playoffs really. race. Yeah, no, and no. that's where, so people aren't going to watch Pitt as much over the next couple of weeks. They're not going to value his efforts as much as you're going to see from these Ohio state and Alabama games over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I agree. I just, in watching that team, I feel like if he's not quarterbacking their yeah. <laughs> five, six wins, you know, I mean, it's, it's, geez, so he's kind of willed them, in my opinion, to that, what are they, eight, ranked 18th or something like that? Uh, top 20 ranking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just had to say, you know, just that MVP kind of, Kind of resume, but you're right. Yeah. And the ACC has been such a disappointment this year. <laughs> but, you know, Clemson coming on strong, that's going to look good for next year, I think, uh, and building that momentum. The same argument you kind of made with Nebraska and all those 
hard fought uh, games. That momentum is a real thing. I believe it, you know, so uh, year over year. So, you know, they'll be back. Yeah. I'm trying to see what else we had this past week in terms of we had, yeah, we met, I think we got to pretty much everything. Is there something, is there anything else? Um, not really. Oh, I got, I know there's a big one. I had a big what one. Were we missing? Dan Mullen fired from Florida. Oh yeah. Did that surprise you? Not really. I think I'd say that his downfall surprised me. I'd say that because everything I sort of heard over the past several weeks didn't sound very good for him. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that last year, there was a one-score game in the SEC championship game. Now, mm-hmm. Alabama controlled that game the whole way through. They didn't really look like they were ever in serious danger of losing that game. But if you're a Florida fan, just think about coming into this season and saying, okay, we were pretty dang close. We, we killed Georgia last year. We're pretty dang close to winning the SEC. We could be a playoff team potentially this year. And if you take a look at their schedule, the first couple of weeks, it looked pretty good. They beat Florida Atlantic. They beat mm-hmm. South Florida. And then they played the game against Alabama. They only lost by two. Mm-hmm. And again, at that, they were a top 10 team. They looked like they were going to be very, very strong. They beat Tennessee. They lose to Kentucky. And then after the Kentucky game, things really spiraled out mm-hmm. of control. They crush Vanderbilt because that's what you do when you play Vanderbilt (laughs) lost to LSU got beat bad by Georgia got beat bad by South Carolina Mm -hmm. and I think as we had seen it's like okay this is a bad season now I think the thing is I don't know everything that's going on in the inside for me I have a general idea of okay you know what you're gonna have some bad years have a little patience stick it out it's call, especially in the college game. I think it takes longer to establish your program and to push and you're building something. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And I would looked at while they were great last year, I, I would have given him a little more time. However, and then the, the, I think the other thing is that if you were, t- does anyone want to coach at Florida? If you look at what Dan Mullen did the last couple of years, and then this year had a, a really bad year. Of course, but look at what the expectations are. Yeah, that's a exactly. pressure cooker of a coaching job. It sure is. And he, that's why I was, I guess, a little bit surprised because of how they looked last year, how they looked first half of the season. You're right on it. And when they lost, you know, uh, to Georgia and then they, you know, really lost to South Carolina and stuff. And, I mean, I think they just they were shipped it Kentucky. Half last week to Samford. I think that was when a lot of people were like, okay, oh boy, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think they just they just quit. I mean, after Georgia, you know, as their last shot to to make some noise, and even you know before that, the Kentucky loss and the LSU loss is not good. Uh, but I think they just kind of quit, fizzled out because those expectations at the start were not they were going to reach the goal. I mean, after Kentucky, probably not unless they went on some ridiculous run. Certainly after LSU, they weren't going to reach their goal. And uh, so once that happened, I think it. it they just kind of quit. And I think that does come with programs like that. You know, I mean, it's something that's tough to combat, but that's why I'm a little bit surprised that they fired Mullen just because uh, 
they did look good last year. They, I thought they might give it another year. And then if it, if it started off rocky next year, I could have seen it, but it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. And, and you're right. I mean, who wants the gig? I mean, you're on a tight leash, man. It's also interesting because you got job openings at LSU and Florida. Yeah, so those big. are big, big programs, big jobs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be, I'll, I'll be curious if anyone fired NFL coach hops over or are we seeing any hot prospects from, uh, you know, uh, from this season, uh, making the leap. So it'll be cool. Yeah. Be very interesting. So this week coming up, we've got, <laughs> start with the NFL oh, slate. We'll oh, do okay. Just briefly. I just want to mention how crummy Thanksgiving games are. <laughs> NFL wise, what are the? I actually haven't even looked at. at I know the the Bears and they're and probably Lions. not even advertising it because if you know <laughs> what it is, then you might not watch. But if you're just in that routine of oh, yeah. I watch I watch football every year on Thanksgiving, I'll put it on. I don't care who it is. Eleven thirty, Andy Dalton and the Bears go to Detroit to play a winless Lions team. Tim Boyle too, I think, right? <laughs> Quarterbacking the Lions. Which did you know? Did you know Tim Boyle's stats in college? He started an NFL game. I think he, he threw twelve touchdowns his collegiate career. How is um, he starting over David Blau? That's what I want to know. I David Blau, he stepped into that game a couple of years ago on Thanksgiving, and he gave him something. I mean, they I didn't know. win that game, but. David Blau, of course, he beat Ohio State when he was at Purdue. Mm -hmm. I have to, right now, Tim Boyle, he played at UConn and he transferred to Eastern Kentucky. He was undrafted and he's starting this week. And he started this past week, too. Yeah, 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 right. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll still, you know what? I'll still put it on uh, the NFL. I can't stay away. Well, it'll be home and it'll be on in my home. My family of Bears fans. Who's Dallas playing? Because I have not. Lost. Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, okay. Not uh, horrible, yeah. but not great. Not great either. <laughs> Two teams that are just, yeah, uh, just kind of on the downsling. So yeah, be it, that sort of feels like uh, Dallas. Thanks. Get home at Thanksgiving. Win big. That, that's yeah. the type of vibe. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Dallas, look at Dallas. Look what they can be. You know, <laughs> they beat the bad teams really well. They look good. And then against the good teams, flat. Yeah, I think you're right. And then closing it out, Bills go to New Orleans to play uh, Trevor Simeon and the Saints. Trevor Simeon, yeah. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to watch that game. I feel like the he, the Dallas yeah. game is the best game out of these. Out of I these think sports. so too. I think for me, I think that 720 when they put on Bills and Saints, it's not a horrible game. That feels like time for me to put on a Christmas movie and watch it with my family. <laughs> I think you're right, honestly. I mean, I don't really want to see Trevor Simeon in that weird Saints offense where they run the option and, and what's his <laughs> name's popping in the Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. So, yeah. Uh, I, but I thought of when you brought up the Russell Wilson trade scenario, though, the Saints are definitely one of the teams that kind of popped in my mind. I could yeah. see Peyton really, really working with Russ. Yeah. Which I hope doesn't happen as a Bucks fan in that <laughs> NFC South because that'd be kind of scary. But yeah, I that I, I agree. I think the Dallas Vegas one is the one I'm most interested in because yeah. I could see a scenario where Vegas wins that game with Carr has played pretty strong, I think, this year. So can't count him out. Yeah. I think the thing is is if the first the Bears Lions game it could be it could be a one score game. It's probably not going to be a good game. Like it's yeah. gonna be it could be entertaining in the way like 
the Steelers Lions game last week was where it's like it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's just comical and funny, and I I think it'll be. I mean, I've given the the Lions a definite chance to win this game to take to get their first win. I mean, I'm sure the Bears are demoralized too, just how they lost to backup Huntley uh, last week. So, ah, let's. Uh, if it's not going to happen here, I don't think the Lions are winning a game. Maybe I'll put it that way. <laughs> At home against a Bears team that's you, – now, I know you're an Andy Dalton guy, though, so maybe maybe Dalton. No, I, I just think happen. Andy Dalton is – I think he's better than he's given credit. I think yeah. he's I think he's a better option for the Bears to win right now than Justin Fields is. I If you want to play Justin Fields because you want to develop him, I, I get that, especially at this point in the season. But the argument from so many Bears fans was like, Oh well, Justin Fields is such a better option for the Bears to win right now than mm-hmm. Andy Dalton is. I haven't seen that this year. I agree. And so, out of curiosity, would you rather have you got to win one game, Andy Dalton or Colt McCoy, quarterbacking? That's a great question. I actually think those are two fairly strong options. Like, I would much rather have both of those guys than I would have. Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. <laughs> I'm a big Colt McCoy fan. I am too, man. I, I love him as a backup. He just comes yeah. in and gets it done. Yeah, he's. I think the thing with Colt is he has a little more of a. He's been doing the backup job for almost ten years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And so he's probably used to going in there cold. Where yeah, with Andy this past week, it looked a little rusty because he hadn't yeah. played in, in a long time and right. he's used to starting. So I don't know. I I go either way with that. Well, let's preview the college football games for this week. Oh, man. <clears throat> Where should we start, Jack? I mean, it's got to be a game of the week, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the one. And it all leading up to this season, Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat. And can he win a big game? Can he beat Ohio State? This is the opportunity. I can't wait to watch it. I could see Ohio State absolutely blowing Michigan out, but I could also see a close. I mean, everything's on the table here. I just want to see if Harbaugh can deliver. And I, I just kind of rooting. I th- always thought he was a really good coach. So I think so too. Yeah. I really, it, it, it's just, I, I can't wait for it. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Do you think, do you think it's going to be close? Put it that way first, Jack. You know, what's funny is I made the bold proclamation on this show Back in September, it was after Ohio State lost. I think it was after they played that game against Tulsa. And okay. It was like they're just squeaking by against right. Tulsa. My my call at that time was this is the year that Michigan beats Ohio State. Okay. I said that back then. Having watched that <laughs> Michigan State game, uh-huh. I don't have much confidence in that pick. But I will say the one the reason why I think this is going to be close is I think that if you take a look at who Ohio State's played this year, mm-hmm. all of their difficult games have come at home. When they've gone on the road, such as Nebraska a couple weeks ago, didn't look as great to tell the truth. You're going into the big house, it's couple days after Thanksgiving. We know that place is going to be electric. It's going to be packed. I think this is going to be a good game. I think that it's an eight-point spread. Mm-hmm. 
don't nobody should ever listen to me on and <laughs> put any money at risk ever because it's dumb and you lose money. But I do think that <clears throat> using that eight points, I think it's going to be somewhere close to that. I think I would go Ohio State, if I'm calling a final score on this, I'm going to say 42-38. That's the final score. Okay, Ohio State 42-38. So does that mean if Michigan does pull this off, do you go around saying, oh, September, I told you, now you've hedged your bets. (laughs) Probably (laughs) will. uh, (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I'm looking. <laughs> you should. I mean, that's a great call. I'm looking at um, the schedule now that uh, Ohio State's road games. And you're right. I mean, to start off the season, remember that Minnesota game right off the top where they were in trouble early. That was a tight game. And yeah, I'm looking. Nebraska's really close on the road. Um, so I, I like that point. I like that point a lot. And the big house is just, it's going to be insane. Uh <sighs> It's just so hard to go against Ohio State after how yeah. good they looked against Michigan State. I mean, it, it, they just look like it's coming together. And I actually think this is the best I feel about Ohio State in the last couple of years. Like, I yeah. could actually see this Ohio State team winning it all. Uh, and years past, I'm like, I can't see them getting past, you know, uh, uh, Alabama or Clemson. But this year, I could see it. Yeah, I I get you. I think I I'm thinking along the same lines as you are. I also think what Michigan's do, they're going to win one, one of these years. I don't think I know. Going, they are. Due. It, <laughs> it is going to happen at some point. It might not yeah. happen this week, but it's going to happen soon. Yeah. It's a good time for them to win. They're playing at home. They're having a great season. And especially for all the Harbaugh, the people that have been so critical of Harbaugh, who are Michigan fans, they're going to jump on him immediately after if this game doesn't go well. I mean, especially yes. if, if especially if the game isn't close. Exactly. I, I don't think they should. I understand why they would, but take a look at what. Take a look at how Michigan's trending, and I'd be pretty encouraged regardless of what the outcome of this game is. I, I agree. I just think it's in college football beating your rival is so I mean you can have a bad year but yeah. you pull up you know Auburn beat Alabama this year you know if that happens this weekend I mean that's huge saving grace for the season so just I mean just the, how many times has Michigan lost to Ohio State you know Harbaugh's never beat them right I mean I feel yeah, like Michigan's won what once in the last like 12 years or something I mean it something like that yeah it's yeah. been a long time so they yeah. are due but it's just tough to see year after year having having a lot of promise and then just having your rival put a stop to it and you not being able to get over that hump. So again, I think this is where style really matters. If they lose big to Ohio state, I'll be very curious as to how hot that seat gets for Harbaugh, even though this year has been pretty great. Um, And lastly is the most Michigan thing ever. And I could absolutely see this happening is they win a hard fought, bloody Ohio State game. They pull it out and they just lay an egg against Wisconsin championship <laughs> game. I mean <laughs> that would be crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I knew exactly where you're gonna go yeah. when you said most Michigan thing would be. In other games we've got in terms of ones to be on the lookout for. I mean, we do have some Mac games tonight. I always like with the Maction on a Tuesday night. Western Michigan and Northern Illinois. That should be a fun one tonight. We've got 
Fresno State and San Jose State on Thanksgiving Day. Like if that Dallas game goes bad, turn <laughs> that go. one on. <laughs> Egg Bowl on Thursday night, Ole Miss versus Mi- Mississippi State. All right, yeah, yeah. There you go on Thanksgiving night. Lane must watch. Yeah, I think that's already a, a better option than that Bill Saints game. I agree. Boise State, San Diego State, another good Mountain West game on Friday morning. We've got, let's see, Iowa, Nebraska. There are implications there. I, the line has actually moved a couple times. I saw it, it open with Nebraska favored, but now Iowa is actually favored there. Hmm. That's a big game in terms of Iowa's going to need to win that game to stay alive in the Big Ten race. Let's see. We've got, taking a look here. We've got. You looking at the other big rivalry games this weekend? Yeah, I'm scrolling through all the matchups and calling out Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. How do you see? So you're picking Oklahoma. I am going to pick Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Caleb Williams really. um, I think it was it was a big moment for him last week in some of his big time plays that I think he's gonna he's gonna have his defining moment. Uh, against Oklahoma State, but uh, they've been such a weird team this year where I don't feel confident in them at all. Uh, and I think it would be fun to see Oklahoma State win out and <laughs> uh, and then have that really tough debate that we were having at the start <laughs> of the college football playoffs. I just love having, you know, really having to get in there and stuff. So who, who are you taking in that game? I mean, that's that's another must watch. Yeah, is that game in that game's in Stillwater, right? I believe it is. I think I got it pulled up really close here. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go the Cowboys. I think they're the best team in the Big okay. Twelve. I don't know if they're actually are going to. So let's say they win this week. I could see Baylor beating them next week because it's tough to beat the same team twice in a season. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that would be the the nail in the coffin to keep Big Twelve out of the playoff. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here. I think they're the better team. They have a good defense and they've looked, they've been extremely impressive. Last week, shut out tech. Previous week, just absolutely killed TCU. So I think they're playing some really good football. Mm-hmm. I just don't have much confidence in Oklahoma this year. They came in as, I think they were my number two team coming in a season, was big on Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. We saw Rattler get in there a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it just, it's not, it's been a disappointing year for Oklahoma. I think they're going to suffer a disappointing loss for them to their arch rival. Uh, well, one of their arch rivals, their in-state rival, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, and Oklahoma has not given you much, anybody much <laughs> confidence this year. It's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, so I totally, totally get that pick. Are you giving any, just to double back a little bit, because I should have brought this up earlier. Um, are you giving any shot for what if Baylor wins the uh, the conference championship? I mean, it's any tough. consideration? I know things have to. Some other things have yeah, to. Yeah, you're looking but. at a two loss Baylor team coming out of the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's and then it's like, how? What does a two loss Baylor team? How do they get in over say if there are two loss Big Ten teams? It's I I don't know I I. I think that based on four teams in this playoff, again, it's a flawed system. I'd love to see a way where if you win the Big 12, you're automatically in. I don't think they're in. I think they're kind of playing for a New Year's Six Bowl at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. I'll give you an upset this week in terms okay. of yeah. another one that surprised me is Liber- I mentioned Liberty was favored to beat Louisiana last week. Liberty lost 42-14. They're favored to beat Army. They play so, they play Army this week and it's at home. Army 7 and 3. Mm-hmm. Army's had they had a win over Air Force a couple weeks ago. Are you an Army guy, by the way? <laughs> uh, yes, I have to be an Army guy for yep for for the matchup. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Of course, Army Marines fall under that. Oh, okay. So your your dad was a Marine. Oh yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so think, you guys aren't like go army beat Navy kind of guys. You're just root for all the military academies. Yeah. Yeah. For exactly. I'm like, which, cause I, I forgot <laughs> whichever side the Marine Corps falls under. It's definitely who I root <laughs> for, but obviously based on how I'm talking here, I don't, I don't really remember. I okay. Might, so for some reason I think, I feel like actually we pulled for Navy uh, <laughs> growing up. So, so Liberty this season, they beat Troy. And they beat Old Dominion. They beat UAB. They beat Middle Tennessee State. They played Notre Dame tough, right? Liberty. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Army. Yeah, Liberty. I'm looking at Liberty's schedule. They really don't have any signature wins on Mm -hmm. their schedule. And when they've played, they lost to Syracuse by three. They lost to Louisiana. Sorry, University of Louisiana Monroe. (laughs) And then they lost. They lost to Ole Miss a couple weeks ago. They got killed by Louisiana. You're looking at a team that's lost three of its last five games, and they've lost their last two games. Personally, I'm not as high on Malik Willis as a prospect as other people are. Mm-hmm. He's the quarterback that a lot of people are looking at as a potential round one quarterback. And if I look at Army, I mean, they played Wake pretty tough. They put 56 up on Wake. They lost to Wisconsin by six. They haven't played Notre Dame this year. That must oh, have been Navy. Uh, must probably have, Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then memory's gone. <laughs> they so and then they have they beat Air Force a couple weeks ago, and Air Force I think is like a top thirty, top thirty five type team. Mm-hmm. So I like that call, Chad. Li- yeah, Liberty's favored. I think that Army's going to be. It's an upset that a lot of people probably aren't as invested in. But if you're mm-hmm. a huge college football fan. You pay attention to some of these group of five teams. I think I would go with I would go with Army over Liberty there as an upset. I like it. I like it. And I think another uh, upset, even though I, I mean I think they're favored. Yeah, I could see um, North Carolina beating NC State just for the reasons we talked about prior. Not being big believers in NC State, and it just seems like yeah. a revolving door of you know. Yeah, and NC <laughs> State trying- has or North Carolina's. They've played a lot of close games. Yeah, they um, have. They could very well could have beaten Pitt a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they did the beat Wake. Close. Yeah, and they beat Wake a couple weeks ago as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like that. I'm on board with that as another upset. All right. On a roll. Florida, Florida State, rivalry. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, jeez. You know, did we think we'd say that five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not. Yeah. UTSA has a chance to go undefeated, 12-0. and 0. If they beat North Texas this week, we've got, let's see, taking a look here. Oh, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. Uh-huh. Is this, I mean, 
could Alabama be looking ahead and That's getting it. lost it's here? It's rivalry Auburn. week. I mean, you got to put everything, especially in Alabama, you know, uh, but I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening, but you never know. Yeah, I, I think Alabama's going to win. I mean, it might yeah. be closer than the 19 and a half points. Oregon State versus Oregon. This, I think that's going to be a good game. Oregon State's had a couple of nice wins this season, and they just beat Arizona State. Oregon's coming off the loss. Oregon, again, we talked about it. Oregon's got a really tough shot to get into mm-hmm. these playoffs. But I think that I think that'll be a good game to watch. That's a great rivalry. Those games are always good. We've got, let's see. Yeah, Oregon's so deflated right now. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that'll be a really close game. Like yeah, that. it'll be a good game. Don't know. And then the Wisconsin-Minnesota game is going to be a big one because Wisconsin wins. They're in the Big Ten title game. If they lose, then it gets really crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah, that tiebreaker scenario you're talking about. So, I yeah, that, pull that up to take a look at the standings of the Big Ten. Continue. Sorry. I was no, no, that's all right. I was just talking with um, a friend of mine who graduated from Wisconsin this morning, and uh, she said we were talking. About, I was asked her who had the axe, and I think they got the axe right now. And uh, you know, after such a slow start from Wisconsin to be here, I think they're they're excited, and uh, you know, way to turn around the season from an early, early rough start. So the way it gets messy is if Iowa and Wisconsin both lose this week and then Minnesota and Purdue win, then you have a four-way tie. (laughs) Wisconsin wins and Iowa win. They have the same record, but Wisconsin owns the head-to-head. So Wisconsin controls its own fate. If Wisconsin loses and Iowa wins, they play Nebraska, then Iowa's in. So Iowa has a, a good shot here, actually, of getting into the Big Ten Championship. I would rather play Iowa than Wisconsin at this point. I think Wisconsin's a much better team. Yeah, and I think Wisconsin also a team that's peaking the right time this season here. Yeah, it's, this is weird just in my mind, and you know a lot more college football than I do, so this might just be <laughs> out of you. thin air, but <laughs> um, I feel like if Michigan beats Ohio State, I would rather want to play um, Iowa than Wisconsin, but if yeah. I was Ohio State, I feel like I would rather want to play Wisconsin than Iowa. Interesting, because I could see Iowa just playing that grindy, gritty game. You yeah, know, hogging the ball in the point. possession, making a couple of turnovers. Um, that, but you know, the way Ohio State's playing, I mean, it probably won't even matter. <laughs> but that's right. how I would see it. it. That's fair. Yeah, no, I get that. Arizona, Arizona State, another it's not going to matter Arizona. I mean, this would be the type of lose loss that if Arizona state lost this game, it's the type of loss that could get Herm Edwards Herm. fired. Yeah. I don't think he should be fired. I think he's building something there and they got to be patient, but mm-hmm. that's the type of game where if you lose that game, that could be the type of reactionary loss where you look at this team as a PAC 12 contender and suffering some embarrassing losses down the stretch that Utah game, they were up at half by 14 points. And had they won that game and then not lost another one of these, they'd be the team that'd be playing Oregon here in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. They had the big win against Oregon a couple of years ago. They have a very talented team. Like I think they should ride it out longer. 
I don't think he's in trouble. But this is the type of game where if they were to lose, <laughs> it's the type of game that a coach could get fired if a team were to lose. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But I'm with you with Herm. You know, I, I agree that, you know. I, I love Herm, by the way. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think it's, you know, that's his environment too. College, the energy, you know, he's, I think he's building something too. And it, a little bit dis- disappointing how the, the back half of the season has gone for them. But uh, I hope they kind of beat Arizona just for that sake. I mean, I think I'd like to see Herm stay. Let's see if I can try to get a Herm Edwards impression here. Oh, here we go. He'd be like, he'd be like, Arizona State, good football team, good football team. (laughs) Lost some bad games. Oh, oh, we lost some bad games. Oh, for sure. (laughs) We're a good football team. And you play to what? You play to win the game. (laughs) The best, man. The best. I mean, I love that guy. I heard he like wakes up at like, I don't know, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. The time I wake up for the morning news and he's up and working out and doing all this crazy stuff at his age, you know. So, yeah, I I love it. I root for her. I love her. And I I went to the Arizona State game. Fun time. Good team. That's cool. That's on my list. I'd love to get there. Yeah, I think that's all the important games this week, Jack. I think so. I mean, um, you know, Clemson, South Carolina is fun. Um, That's, yeah. I mean, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, obviously. You know, Tennessee battle, man. You got to watch that. Uh, No, that's, I think we touched (laughs) on it all. (laughs) Just a crazy, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. Good stuff. All right, well, Jack, before we say goodbye for now, I want to know what are you thankful for? This thing, uh, the season of gratitude. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, first off, of course, my family. Uh, so lucky, even my dog who's photobombing earlier. <laughs> my lovely wife, uh, my parents, my my mom, and my two sisters are coming in uh, later this week, so I'm excited about that. So, family number one, um, and then opportunity to do what I love which is talking and I get to do it for a living. And now I get to do it for fun with you, even though uh, half the time I'm saying bad takes like (laughs) uh, uh, army playing uh, Notre Dame and then looking up and seeing that Navy got squashed by Notre Dame. So I don't, I don't know why I thought (laughs) one of them played them good. They didn't, but uh, I'm thankful for, for, you know, meeting you, Jack, of course, having this opportunity. I love this. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on such a joy and, um, just life every day is a gift, um, interacting with people, you know, life's too short to be angry. Let the little things get at you. It's easy to do. The world is a lot of things happening in the world nowadays. Um, but I think if you can make the little differences in your life with the people you interact with, I think it goes a long way. So I'm thankful for, uh, those opportunities. Absolutely. I would say, you know, there's so much I'm thankful for. Of course, my relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, his his death and resurrection and paying for my sins. But in terms of my daily life, the thing that I'm most thankful for, I have to say, is my that I'm healthy right now because yeah, we had great. a year last couple of years have been tough and you know, a lot of some people have lost or have some family members or they've had family members who have had some complications and not just in COVID, but in terms of, I mean, right now we got a lot going on in terms of mental health. When people are locked inside their houses, there's a a drug epidemic going on right now. There are a lot of suicides, overdoses, just a lot of things right now. People are not 
taking good care of their health. And some people are not fortunate to be able to take care of their health. And I would say that I am so thankful because a few years ago, most of you don't know, I, I graduated from college and I had, I ended up having to have my thyroid taken out because mm-hmm. of my, I had a thyroid disease, overactive thyroid disease called Graves disease and spent basically two, three years of my life on the disabled list, just kind of chilling at home, not being able to do much. And then COVID comes. And when I finally start feeling healthy, I have to stay inside even longer. And it's, you know what, I'm, I'm 27 years old. So I'm kind of getting a later start than a lot of people in terms of beginning your postgraduate life. But I'm thankful for 27 years of life. I'm thankful that I am healthy now. I'm thankful that a couple years ago, I would not have been able to just go to Madison and have a fun time, make a day trip out of it and go to a game. And when you have to go through something like that, and then you get back to living, quote unquote, normally, the things that are might seem mundane or just mm-hmm. small are some of life's greatest blessings. And so I'm just so thankful that God healed me and brought me back to being healthy and being out there. And now I'm able to get ready for whatever the next stage of life God takes me to is. Man, that's so awesome. And you're so right about, about the health and, and, you know, your perspective on what you've been through, you know, it's something that we should all keep in our head. Like you're right. The, the, the little things, uh, health is easily something we take for granted and, and mental health, especially too. you know, the, the stigma against mental health. I mean, if you're ever, um, feeling down or you don't, you know, most people watching this probably don't know me, but you can always <laughs> send me a message if you just need someone to talk to, man, because that's a lot of people, uh, it, it's a real thing. So I totally get that. And, um, yeah, yeah, just thankful, you know. Well said what you said, Jack, and and thankful to meet you. Oh, and even though you said that uh, you might be getting a late start on your postgraduate career, I think you've already made up a lot of ground, man. Oh, so, thank you. Uh, you're you're on a roll, and the trajectory <laughs> is buy that stock. Stock's going up, man, on the Jack Vita. So it's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for coming thank by you. the show today. We'll have to do it again at a later date, uh, potentially sometime soon, hopefully. But how can people, uh, what would you like to plug? What are you working on? How can people get in touch with you on social media or anything else like that? Yeah, absolutely. You see my handle right there on Twitter. So that's pretty good. Or on Facebook, you can. It's a lot of, you know, four-way based local news. That's what we do uh, here in. And if people are listening to the podcast feed and they can't See oh, it. yes, that's that's a good point. It is uh, Jack Keenan News. That's all you got to search on go. Twitter. Follow me and I'd uh, love, to, love to connect some time and love all things sports. So hit me <laughs> with your sports takes. All right. Good stuff, Jack. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and we'll have plenty more content coming out soon. Make sure you guys are all subscribed to Jack Vita Show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Don't miss out on the great content we have going on and everything I'm writing about on jackvita.com. I've been putting out my weekly college football rankings. You can check those out at my site. I also wrote a piece last week on how the Atlanta Braves built a winner by trading franchise cornerstone players such as Jason Hayward and Justin Upton. Seven years in the making, they win a championship. Make sure you guys check all that out. Go jackvita.com. 
get on my email list whenever there's new content available be delivered to your inbox have a great and a happy thanksgiving take good care of yourselves enjoy the holidays spend some good quality time with your friends and family the people you love and until our next show i'm jack vita bring in the dancing lobsters <laughs>